But first, can I ask you to remove that uh, the the vest? Ooh! You remember the vest? You want me to take my clothes off? Yes, <laughs> take your clothes off now, Paul. <laughs> me and that vest has a we have a an ongoing battle. A love hate relationship. <laughs> so here, Paul is naked. <laughs> <laughs> Naked in the studio. What do we have today, Paul? Uh, I thought today we might talk about 5G. No, really? Yeah. That's I, an I, amazing I really think topic. we should talk about 5G. Yes, yes. But, uh, actually, it's your favourite topic, though. Again, another of your favourite it's, uh, topics. It's another of my favourite topics. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about... I wonder about why. <laughs> all, all Paul's favourite topics come, comes into this podcast. Well, we can have your favourite topics <laughs> if you like. I, ha- I think I have some of them rounded up rounded to come, up, I hope. Uh, 5G mm-hmm. dogs. Mm, are you talking? Mm-hmm. Mm. Are the 5G and IoT. That was definitely one of my favorite topics. Yeah, Yeah, 5G and social media. 5G social media, 5G tweeting. Yeah, yeah, all of those topics. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've done 5G tweeting. Mm -hmm. We did. And shouldn't we tell them about that? So it was a... Go on, tell them about your (laughs) your famous 5G smartphone tweet. We were walking around talking about uh, doing some podcasting from the floor at Mobile Congress. And we, uh, Paul, uh, stumbled on one of the 5G devices there. We, we were stood there looking at this nice, shiny mm. uh, LG 5G smartphone, mm. which was hooked up to some demonstration. Yeah. Some well, nice we used stuff. that the, on, on the demo floor, yeah, uh, on, on our demo floor. On our, de- on mm. our demo floor mm. with VR or something, mm. virtual reality, maybe. No, I think it was just uh, high definition video uh, streaming. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just. So I, so I <laughs> said to Janina, has anyone ever tweeted from a 5G smartphone? <laughs> and that got us rolling. So we did the first what official. We think uh, is the first <laughs> 5G yeah. smartphone yeah. tweet. Mm-hmm. From Mobile Congress, at least, we are pretty sure that it was the first 5G smartphone tweet. Over Unless a live 3GPP standardized network. In yeah. Barcelona. In Barcelona. <coughs> uh, live, on yeah. On a Thursday, yeah. yeah. Unless, dear listener, you know better. Mm. Tell us about your 5G tweets. We on. done it. <laughs> we, did it. we did it. On. On. 5G podcast at ericsson.com. I don't understand how I could not get that into there straight away, Paul. You have okay. to tell me several times. That's the, that's the plug. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about operating and maintaining 5G, 5G networks. networks. Is, and, is and that networks a thing? in general, but 5G in particular. In particular, yes. And, and we have uh, a, a guest here, one of you. Oh, we do, because yeah. because it's one of those topics that uh, gets a bit complicated and mm. we need someone to help us sort it out. Oh, yes. And so we have joining us today... Gillian Leach is coming here. She's one of your former colleagues, Paul. She's one of my former colleagues. G- G- Gillian is going to sort us out on on network management mm. and things like machine learning as well. Oh, yeah. A little bit of that. 
Yes. Later, so we look forward to that yeah, later, later in the podcast. on this podcast. But first, let's do some operations and maintenance of the podcast. And let's see if we have some nice emails. Paul, that we can answer. Listeners, dear listeners. <laughs> Yeah. Dear listeners, yes, we have some uh, we have some uh, emails this time yeah. from people who have been listening to us. Thank you. Thank you all very much. And mm -hmm. don't forget, you can uh, send send in your questions. Yeah, it's not too uh, late. Never it's too late. It's not too late. Uh, in fact, we've had a lot of questions this time. Yeah. We got this mail from, and let me try this, Jakob. I, that was my <laughs> Danish <laughs> Danish pronunciation. This is the best my Swedish can do. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and what does Jakob say? Yeah, he he was reminding us about uh, some new five G deals, new five G deals in Denmark, of course. Ah, of course. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've uh, had a chance to look it up as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <coughs> let's hear it. So, Denmark uh, is Denmark. Denmark getting five G? When is Denmark getting Denmark 5G? Uh, getting uh, is getting five G? Uh, the T TDC Denmark are uh, uh, we're going to work with them to roll out 5G this year. Oh, uh, and uh, it's coming. Um, well, they're, they're going to start with it in the summer sometime. Mm -hmm. uh, sometime mid mid 2019, they've got some pilot pr installations going on, and then rolling out properly in October, um, with the aim of having nationwide coverage in 2020. Wow. So that's like next so year. October to January. October to, uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe February or March. I don't know. Possibly. But it's not that big a country. So at least they they can do it relatively fast, right? Yeah, it should, I guess. It should be just be a couple of months. A couple of months. Just, uh, <laughs> just, just have a very big pole. Just one big pole. <laughs> and put it in the Isn't middle with, 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 lots of, with, lots of, uh, with lots of antennas on it. Sorry, Denmark, we love you, really. But we have to take up, up our Swedish heritage here and mock you a little bit. Says, yeah. <laughs> Sweden says, is a, says Sweden the honorary Swede. Sweden is a long, long, tall, tall country. Yeah, but, but it's interesting because that's, uh, you know, we, we talk, a lot on the podcast about what's happening in North America mm -hmm. and of course it's interesting to say that it's not just North America it's it's uh, the European countries as well yeah who are you know hot on the trail of uh, 5g um, what to get there and, uh, and now we know that we're not very far from getting smartphones available mm -hmm. to to be able to put onto networks everyone's interested in uh, getting out there yeah get, getting being getting into the game and, and talking about other things uh, it was also just announced that we're doing a 5G networks for uh, in uh, Korea. In Korea, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, Korea, have, have, they've always been very, uh, yeah. very hot on uh, 5G technologies. Mm -hmm. They've been uh, right at the forefront, doing doing lots of work on technology demonstrations. We have about, about this time last year, we had uh, a lot of pilot work going on in conjunctions with the Winter Games. Yeah, uh, doing like. Uh, Immersive experience and mm. uh, if, if, you know, event experience using 5G hookup. Uh, and on this podcast, we were talking about them doing uh, the 5G for remember the, at the uh, New Year's, uh, like connecting TV to show the New Year's bells in Korea. Ah, uh, remember that one? We we mentioned it on the podcast. So. Oh, well, there you go. I was asleep yeah. at the time. <laughs> 
was a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they, they have done it, but still haven't seen the same, uh, like, uh, that they are offering it, uh, no handsets yet. And they have Samsung there, so it should be... I Coming mean, they, soon. Yeah, they should be really, really... Yeah, but we did talk last, last, on the last week, last week's podcast, we talked about... Um, the trials that they've been doing with this with the new Samsung phone and the mm. two point seven gigabit yeah. uh, throughput, uh, mm-hmm. non standalone using uh, LTE and uh, uh, and five G at the same time. Yes, which is which of course is which one of the advantages of, yeah. of getting to leverage all the investment you've made already in in the existing network. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Korea, I don't know, don't all the details, but it's a very interesting setup there because of the the main operators are kind of collaborating or co-petition, in, if you like, mm. uh, to, to roll out nationwide coverage um, uh, so that, uh, you know, as a, as a country, they get to leap into the 5G age all, all at once. Uh, and that's, as you talked about, we, uh, we announced just, was it this morning or yesterday? You, you might know. It was this morning. It was actually, this morning. Yeah, at nine o'clock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or if you're in Korea, then that was probably this evening. Yeah. Uh, announced uh, that uh, we'll be working with uh, Korea Telecom. We, of course, will already have a, a contract with uh, uh, SK Telecom. Yeah. Um, for rolling out 5G. Uh, in this case, three and a half gigahertz midband rollout. Uh, we've talked a lot in the US about millimeter wave and uh, using the really high frequency bands. But this will be a mid mid band non standalone ro- rollout mm-hmm. uh, starting in April. April already. So from any time from, from the week <laughs> after next. <laughs> They've already started. Uh, there'll be um, busy harder work. Yeah. And that's going to be uh, mobile broadband. Uh, 4G in in Korea was very hot on. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those countries that that were hard marketing around. Get your get your LTE, get your you know the the speed and speed of the network. Um, and uh, so, f- uh, mobile broadband will be the first focus there, I think. Uh, but there is also a lot of focus in then bringing it out to to industries and industries for at home. Yeah, and IoT. Yeah. yeah, industries and IoT. And use yeah, cases. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to another interesting snippet from Jakob's uh, mail. Yeah. Jakob also <laughs> told us about the 5G Groningen. Uh, and ah. just excuse me if I... 5G... Not <laughs> yes, 5G Groningen. <laughs> Was it Groningen or Groningen? Oh, no idea. <coughs> um, I'll, I'll get it in the neck later if I get it wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, point out if we're saying things the wrong way here, please. No, yeah, just no, send, don't do it. Yeah, but uh, what you can do is you can, if, you, if you're listening from, from Holland mm-hmm. and you know how it should be pronounced, play it in on a, a little sound file and send it to the uh, email. Yeah, to 5gpodcast at ericsson.com. And even better if you say also welcome to our podcast <laughs> in Dutch. In Dutch. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, uh, but but it's a uh, it's um, yeah, it's the it's s- a student, student it's a student competition competition right with, now this weekend, uh, March twenty third and twenty fourth. Yeah, and uh, uh, and uh, th- there's a prize. 
Yeah, well, first of all, they are then invited to compete in this uh, uh, 5G battle in uh, North Groningen in the Netherlands for a thing that's called Five Groningen. Is that? Uh, so it's fi- 5G Groningen. So fra- Five Groningen, I guess. <laughs> Sounds no, a bit like five kroner, but that's not the yes, prize. But yes, that's not the prize. Yeah, to to win, uh, what was it? 5,000 euros. Was it? Yeah. And, and was it? 50,000 uh, kroners. So uh, that's a bit of the inflation there for you. <coughs> Everyone knows things go a lot faster with uh, 5G. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it sounded really interesting. There were the, the teams of people, teams mm-hmm. of students that are going to work on uh, different solutions in uh, interesting areas. Um, Finding new ways of using uh, 5G connectivity for, for good causes, you good could causes, say, yeah. or for, or for, for things which are good for, for society. So, if you are in Groningen and you're a student, make sure that you follow this uh, big battle of the brains this weekend. And if you know what happens or if you want to report from that, uh, send us an email to 5 podcast at ericsson.com. Uh, from uh, Janik in, uh, in Denmark. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's, he is uh, in Sweden, but he is uh, Danish. Danish. Mm. Ah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies for that. Mm. Uh, so, um, uh, some questions there about device management and uh, are we going to be using SIMs or eSIMs and, and that type of stuff? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's maybe something that we can tackle in more depth on a later podcast Mm -hmm. but I think particularly when it comes to things like uh, devices for internet of things uh, having to equip them with physical sim cards that you need to put in and activate before you can put the device into your your widget that you're going to send out somewhere in the world Mm. it's probably not very practical no especially if you have to update them as well yeah so I think we're going to see a big shift there towards um, using virtual using, sims, uh, using e sims, and, mm. and, and those are called e sims. I think so. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually one of those areas I'm not an expert on. Yeah, like most areas, in fact. But <laughs> <coughs> we're showing show, showing more and more of our incompetence here, yeah. Paul. So, uh, so, so we'll uh, tackle that when we have somebody that knows yeah. about that in the room. But I'm pretty yes. sure that's the way that's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5G, what happens when you want to make a phone call on yes, 5G? Now, that's a really interesting it question. It is, and we have promised that topic. And we have promised that yes. topic, but, uh, but I think that we, we can fairly safely say, in the, at least at the beginning, uh, a bit like 4G was in the beginning, uh, there's no native support for doing uh, voice on 5G. And that most voice calls, initially at least, will probably revert and, and, and use 4G. Uh, for voice, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, subject for a separate podcast. It's mm-hmm. a very uh, interesting area that as well, that since uh, <coughs> allegedly you can use a, a smartphone for making phone calls. Ooh, <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. Well, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've seen some. Uh, I've seen some interesting comments on social media about. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the social norms of using the using your smartphone and how it's uh, you know it's becoming um, you know socially I wouldn't say unacceptable is maybe a bit strong but but, but uh, you know it's yeah, it's not so. expected that you it's not expected that you phone people mm, unexpected, away, yeah. unexpectedly yeah. that it's kind of you should only phone them if uh, you've actually agreed that now I'm going to give you a call yeah. 
maybe you should message them first or send them something on Messenger or... I think that is very Swedish of people out there because I think... It, be. Yeah, I, I do I think, think Swedish people... I think, people in, I think it's a bit more general than that. It probably is a bit, but I would just to, to explain this, that Swedish people don't go visit other people uh, just unannounced. We always call or announce that, okay, I'm going to come over in... In three weeks' time. <laughs> three weeks' time <laughs> before that. And I think also Swedish people are really, really fast at adopting uh, messaging like or SMSing uh, just because we don't like talking to each other that <laughs> much, don't you think? <laughs> so so just, just a prediction here. In, in, within three or four weeks, Janina and I are going to sit here on the podcast and we're going to just message each other. Right? Yes, that's going to be the full podcast. And you'll have to guess what, we're, guess what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Looking forward to that, Paul. <laughs> Looking forward to that, Paul. Yeah, so so just to wrap up then, uh, uh, Janik, uh, another couple of topics there. Mm. Uh, 5G health, which I think is... is oh, uh, and, that's and health, so much know, of a that's special a, topic that we need an expert for. That's an interesting topic, but it's that's also interesting. interesting. Interestingly, with that, it's, it's one of these topics which has been... Uh, every time a, a new generation of, uh, of mobile networks has yep. come through, you know, it, it's been a topic of particular, particular interest, and you can understand why. So we'll get uh, one of uh, Ericsson's experts in, in that area to come in and talk to us about that. Yes. Um, and uh, a very interesting little question. Is there going to be a name for 5G? Yes. Um, you know, so 4G, 4G was called... LTE, well, it was long-term. first LTE. It was so, what it was called, long-term evolution, yeah. right? LTE. And then it was called 4G for, for, as well. Yeah. Mm? Um, 3G simp- had several different standards, so that had different UNTS names. and... Uh, yeah. Edge and... Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, Interesting question. I've yeah. not come across a name for 5G yet, apart from 5G. And no. they, they have kind of standardised on a logo for 5G. Yeah. So I guess that means that, for now at least, it's, that's what, I think, what they're going to call it. Yeah. I think they found when they, with long-term evolution that after a few years, you wanted to replace it with some, something else. It maybe wasn't so long-term anymore. <laughs> Although replace, <laughs> replacing it with something else is a, is a bit of an abstract concept because mm. LTE is it actually going to be with us for very it, yes. many years yes. to come. And, uh, and the, it's the, basically and the same technology and base. It's base a very similar. It's, t- yeah. it, it, it's, it's all to do with radio waves. It's all to do with radio waves. Yes. So thank <laughs> you so much for all those really, really interesting questions, Yannick. And a lot of p- things we will come back to. Mm. Other questions, Paul? Other questions. Uh, what's the word of the day? <laughs> it, the Swedish word of the day. The Swedish, word, the of Swedish the day. word of the day is element. Element. Mm? And element means radiator mm. in English. Yes. Uh, but that's not to be confused with the radio, which, uh, which, which radiates radio energy. We're actually talking about radio. Uh, we're talking about radiators as in uh, heating elements. You can call them elements in uh, in English as well. You so, can. Yeah. Good. Mm? Um, uh, Henrik. Henrik's talked to us before. Henrik. Uh, um, One of our favourite listeners. Yeah, mm? well, absolutely. Hi, Henrik. Uh, I hope you're living comfortably in your 60 square metre apartment. <laughs> <coughs> uh, it's a good size. Uh, Henrik's interested to hear, hear more about the security topic that we had um, 
few podcasts ago. Yeah, and I thought that one was quite a deep dive. But yeah, but he wants, uh, he wants, he wants really to deep dive. It, yeah. but he's interested particularly in things like, um, uh, you know, how does the security on uh, mobile networks compared to the things that you do with, uh, with for instance, uh, Wi-Fi networks? And, uh, you know, what what exactly does the, the VPN do if you have VPN on your on your mobile phone? Does it encode your voice and stuff? Um, so we'll we'll ask around and see if we've got someone that, that can come and talk to us more about some of that complicated stuff. Mm. When it when it comes to radiators or elements, mm. uh, bring, just bringing it back to to uh, the topic of the day, uh, there was a new uh, well there was a trigram that I heard just when I was reading up on the topic, which was an EMS, right? Ele- element management system. Yes. Yes, and that's not managing our central heating. <laughs> Although Correct. you might imagine it could be if, yes. you, if you were directly translating from Swinglish. Yeah, what is that? Uh, an element management system. Uh, when you build a network, each piece of equipment is, in, is called a network element. Ah. Uh, so an element management system is a is a software system to manage individual pieces of equipment. So that was and and an example of an element management system is uh, if you have a Wi-Fi router at home, mm-hmm. you can log into the Wi-Fi router from your browser, mm-hmm. and you get up a kind of a screen which allows you to go in and set the security parameters and the IP addresses and all that kind of stuff. That's a simple example of an element manager because and it's it's it managing one piece of equipment. It's not linked to anything else, and uh, you know it 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 lets you basically do anything that you want. And you and normally with do you know, every anything that I want in terms of. <laughs> In terms of setting <laughs> being up the equipment, so general. Yeah. Uh, but like I can, so like elements as in on, can, on my Wi-Fi router, I can I can yeah I can set settings, but I can also see which hardware equipment I have yeah. uh, connected to this router. So sort of yeah. sort of something like that. And you can see you can see things like uh, what version of software is is installed, mm-hmm. and, and you can probably initiate. Uh, Upgrades. Up- updates yeah. from the network and that mm. kind of stuff. Uh, and you know, telecom equipment traditionally, you know, you've you've been able to do that. But when you have tens of thousands of pieces of equipment in a network, it's not very really practical to log into each one one by one. Mm. Um, so you need a cleverer way of doing that, and that's what you have with network management systems, mm. where it allows you to manage groups of equipment together mm. to make a network. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today with Gillian. It right? is. Yeah. yeah. So, shall we get going? We shall. Hey, Gillian Leach. Hi, Gillian. Welcome to the studio here and to our podcast. Thank you. The Voice of 5G. (laughs) The Voice of 5G podcast. Uh, You are a strategic product manager here at the Ericsson Networks. That's right. Working with automation and analytics in the radio access networks. Exactly, yeah. 
Sounds ah, complicated. Yeah, it does. It's all about simplifying. It's not oh, complicated at all. Oh, nice one. So, and this is one of, of Paul's favorite topics. I know that, Paul. I worked with this for yes, years. In fact, I worked with Gillian for several years as well. So we've got uh, we a lot to catch up with. Yeah. <laughs> And when I said, uh, oh, I'm going to do a podcast about O&M to my husband, he was like, oh, operations and management. And I was like, oh, isn't it operations and maintenance? That's my level yeah. of understanding. So <laughs> I, I think <laughs> please, either interpretation is probably fine. It is about how you manage the network and how you manage the life cycle from when you roll out the equipment um, until you optimize it for performance. So it is mm -hmm. about managing it. But... Typically, we would say the M is maintenance, but management is fine too, I think. Okay. So it's about how you you provide tools and support and infrastructure to actually install network equipment and then to set the correct configuration, monitor its performance and it perform diagnostics and then also optimize the performance. So it's the full life cycle of the equipment that we deliver. Uh -huh. mm. And in this area, of course, I've heard a, a lot about different names like OSS, yes. ESS, orchestration. So there is a whole so cloud. <laughs> yeah, and I know yeah. so little. So can you yeah, please sure. explain the basics? For I me? think we drown in terminology sometimes unnecessarily. I think we have a, a, a network architecture that's described very well by 3GPP, our standardization body where we would have network equipment managed by, which we would call the domain layer, and then you mm -hmm. have a domain management layer, and on, which would be isolated to either RAN or core or transport perhaps. And then on top of that, you have a network management layer where you can manage multiple domains from multiple vendors. Mm -hmm. So when we did, and the terms you have, OSS, BSS, orchestration, they all fit into one or other of those layers, either domain management or network management. And then, they're also interchangeable sometimes which terms you use for which. But uh, orchestration right. specifically would refer yeah. to virtualized network functions. Ah. Yeah. Except I would say BSS probably sits on top of all of that because it's yes. things like BSS. Revenue management. BSS, that's business support systems. That's things like billing systems. Mm. So how do you, how do you, and billing and charging. So mm. how do you work out how much network resources have been used, how many minutes of phone calls, how much, how many bytes of data, you know, you need to actually... By each of the customers to... Yeah, I mean, to, yeah. to be able to send you a bill, to be able to work out how much you owe, yeah. uh, you need to track and monitor those things. So that that needs special software for that. And then, yeah, you That's need to BSS. be able to... That you need to reconcile how much was used for this subscriber to who is that subscriber, what's their address, and how do I send them the bill? Mm -hmm. What's you know what what contract have I got with them and what they're entitled to and what you know how do I translate that into minutes of use or gigabytes yep. per month or whatever it is that you get charged for? So BSS checked. And then when it comes to the O and M side of things, you have uh, OSS, which are operational support systems. Mm -hmm. And then that it is, as it says on the tin, it's operational. So everything that you do in daily operations. So configuration management, assurance, which would cover fault and performance management, mm -hmm. and network optimization would be included in that. Plus anything to do with user management and access, so those kind of operational tasks. And that is, so if I, if I as a user, call in and say, I have a problem yes. with my network, 
I don't seem to be having the performance that was promised. Yes, so if you call your customer care, then customer care um, would ac- have access to maybe a, a customer experience system. So they can log in and see which part of the network you're in. In some systems, and we have these kind of systems within Ericsson, you can uh, look at that in terms of also correlate that information with network performance information. So you can actually say, yes, there is a problem in your area at the moment, but we will work to resolve it. And mm-hmm. then they can log a ticket to actually send someone out or to create a work order to, to, to correct that problem that they've identified. Or it may be a transient problem just caused by particular load in an area at a certain time. So they can they can correlate that information in a in a network management system. So um, I would say no, normally if you if you ring in, then the people that answer the phone have a certain amount of information available. Yes, but they're not normally the experts that fix the network. So they they're there to try and find out if there's a problem and classify the problem, and then. If they can, they can fix it. If they, mm. if they can't fix it, then it goes to a more specialist team that have access to other tools yeah. and more detailed information so they can like, dive into the configuration and, and see exactly what's going on where you, know, where you are having the problem. Yeah, and typically the, the, the customer care office would just create a work order towards their operations department. And then you have... Um, with the kind of the tools of the the operations department, the the back office guys who would actually troubleshoot the network, they look at KPIs, which are key performance indicators, which is very focused on the network performance in terms of some of the the metrics around um, accessibility. So, are all the calls that are attempted actually succeeding? Retainability are all the calls that are made um, persisted when you when you have mobility in the network. Mm-hmm. Looking at latency, throughput, so they're the kind of the key KPIs or the key performance indicators that they would look at, and they can try to correlate any degradation in those KPIs with any changes that may have occurred in the network or any new scenarios or planned work even that th- that they are aware of. So they would be the ones who actually do the troubleshooting if if they get a a nudge from the guys in um, in the customer care. But they're also very proactive. I mean, mm-hmm. even without that nudge from customer care, they're they're working around the clock actually to try to optimize the performance. Yeah, because there is a lot of new things now coming, which is more of, I mean, I remember the heterogeneous network where it's like, it's, it's supposed mm. to work seamlessly. And now it's more like about automation and machine learning mm. and taking this to the the next step of, of finding the faults before the yes or mm. as soon as possible when they when they yeah and i think there are there are really high expectations there as well and i think um more than ever the guy the guys and girls or the teams that work in back office are challenged i mean they have a really tough job and mm. the introduction of 5g uh, or any other standard like iot does put additional press pressure on on people who are already fairly stretched in terms mm. of what they can achieve, and I think the 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 concept around heterogeneous networks actually we're reaching that point where we have a very heterogeneous network. There's mm. such a different capability in terms of the devices that are out there, um, the different standards. You have um, different user behaviors, especially when you introduce IoT devices. You have 
very different behaviors you have to try to optimize for. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's such a such a range of frequencies now that the networks can be operating on. It is really heterogeneous now, I think. Mm-hmm. And that presents a, a very big challenge for the people who are trying to optimize it because there are so many variables that they need to take into account when they're starting when they're doing their making their decisions. Mm. Um, and of course, AI automation and machine learning should help them. Uh, but it's it is um, it's difficult to th- 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 those solutions while they're very attractive, they're not that easy to build. And I think um, you have to have very specific domain knowledge in order to understand the problem to build the solution. And I don't think that the... I think while AI will be very useful, I think it will take time for us to actually get to a point where we have enough data and enough experience to use it very broadly on on, um, problems which require um, closed loop. Um, changes. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's a very positive that we have this acceleration in the area, but I think we need to be cognizant of the fact that um, it is very challenging to, to actually deploy it on yeah. a broad scale. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned you mentioned there mm-hmm. one of the things that you know one of the things that that the challenges for the people that work in, in mm-hmm. the operators um, operations yeah. maintenance area is this rising complexity in the network. Yes. Mm. They're, they're generally speaking, they're not getting more staff. No. But, mm. uh, you know, you're adding a... You, you've got 2G running, you've got 3G running, you've mm-hmm. got 4G running. They're yeah. doing all that today with the people that they've got. And now you come along with 5G and said, can you do this as well, please? Yes, and, exactly. And not just run it, but you need to plan it and roll it out as well. Yeah, and so we have a strategy that we are... While there's very high expectations on 5G to be... More, more automated and yeah. more efficient. Yeah. I think the 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 general trend is that the people who have to do the troubleshooting they will be moved to five G anyway, and so it's really the legacy technologies that need to become even more efficient. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, so we work a lot, es- especially in GSM, to have it almost completely self-sufficient in terms of how it operates. We're also working quite a lot with them um, with. LTE because LTE and 5G go hand in hand mm-hmm. in, in an NRNSA deployment, and because we have the uh, shared That's hardware, non-standalone, exactly. NRNSA, just everyone new radio, non-standalone. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. go back a podcast yeah. or three. Just um, reminder. Then we we have the very tight dependency. So I think we, in order to offload people so that they they can focus on the new technology and focus on the new deployments, we need to make. Um, we, we we need to also think about automation in terms of, of the existing technologies, not just put all our focus on five G. Yeah. But five G presents unique problems that we don't we don't have in LTE. So I think we, we mm-hmm. there is an additional complexity there with the disaggregation of the RAN that will put an additional load on the people who are trying to troubleshoot it. Okay, mm. tell me more. <laughs> so Disaggregation, mm-hmm. that's a good word. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think it describes it quite well, actually. So in, in 5G, um, in 3GPP, we've standard, standardized um, new interfaces within the RAN so that you can decouple or, or disaggregate um, certain, we would call them layers in the stack, from each other. So you, you, can, uh, you can have a, a distributed unit and a centralized unit. 
Mm-hmm. And then so that's doing things like just at, at Barcelona we announced uh, t- virtual run where we're taking run control functions and moving them exactly. into the cloud. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is that, that when you do that, that makes life more complicated from an operational maintenance. Yes, yes, you, you just th- y- yes, because it used to be one entity that you would manage, and now you will disaggregate it into several entities, some mm. of which run in the cloud and some which run on dedicated hardware. And mm-hmm. it, it's just it's an additional. Um, it's an additional consideration when you're when you're trying to first of all design and build a network, but then also when you're trying to do maintenance and when you're trying to just do mm. traditional KPIs. I think it is more challenging when you have to consider that it's not delivered as an appliance potentially from one vendor, but rather that you have can have a cloud provider and you can have then the software provided by a, a telco vendor, and then the assurance of the performance is not as straightforward as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were also talking about that this uh, puts other uh, uh, complexities into the network when you have to manage the different layers. Yeah, this is mm? this is when you th- w- w- mm. now when we're talking about putting things into the cloud. I mean, the, the cloud isn't really a cloud; it's a data center somewhere with 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 server mm. hardware running some kind of platform software, and then on the platform software, then you're creating virtual machines, which are running my network functions and yes. it's not just managing the function which could be this which could be something which used to be in a physical machine down mm. in the network but it's also m- m- know what about the looking after the servers looking after the the cloud infrastructure software looking after all these virtual machines scaling the functions as as traffic demands change um, moving them to different physical locations to be able to handle low latency network slices mm. And, mm. and those types of things so that it hold new degrees of complexity in the things that need to be managed mm. and you know and that's why automation is going to be important absolutely and i think or that um I sometimes I think we well it sounds a little bit negative when we say oh but 5G is so complicated and it <laughs> has the, I think it has the potential to be complicated mm-hmm. but I, I think we will have to devise strategies to reduce that complexity mm-hmm. and that's where automation will come into the picture a lot I, I think it, it, it there is much more of a gain Wh- when you have this potential complexity I think there's much more of a gain than for finding smart ways to automate certain tasks that otherwise would be complicated. Mm. Anything that's repetitive or inherently complicated, it's it's suitable for automation and will give a, a bigger gain. Mm. So it's, but I don't want to sound so negative no, and say no. that 5G is complicated. But it doesn't have to be. No, yeah. t- talking about uh, the the complexity, do you see things that will change to the positive side with 5G in your area? In my area? Yeah. Um, yeah, apart from the end user benefits, which I think we we can talk about separately but mm. then from an O&M perspective I, I think there there are at, at least in, in the design of 5G it has been designed to be more resource efficient when it comes to energy mm-hmm. so yeah. it will be more energy efficient I think which is good news for, for for the bill payer but also good news for the environment if the equipment is more more energy efficient mm-hmm. um, mm. and uh, that that's and that presumably means more focus on on energy management as part of management yes yes um so i i think that that's a positive that's definitely a, a step in the right direction yeah yeah mm. and i i think there is more emphasis 
with 5G on O&M than there has been in previous standards. Ah. And that's also a positive because yeah. I, I think this time around when we introduce 5G, as you said earlier, Paul, it's the same. That no, <laughs> there's not too many are hiring extra people to manage 5G. So the focus on 5G and and have um sorry on automation is there from the beginning. So I think there's a new level of interest in 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 O and M in 5G than com if I compare it to when we introduced LTE. So I think that's also positive. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that uh, is talked about a lot in the context of 5G mm. is the fact that uh, w w uh, when we talk about densification, mm. uh, particularly when using. Um, high frequency bands which have shorter range that to be able to get coverage you're going to need more equipment and normally more equipment more equipment is more things that need to be set up more things that need to be planned more things that need to be optimized more things that need to be monitored so, and you, know, you need that uh, continuous improvement in the in automation and the information systems to be able to keep that job as a manageable job yeah, you know, the, I think the number of the number of pieces of equipment that somebody sat in an operation centre needs to manage goes up all the time because of the complexity of the network keeps rising. Mm. Mm. Well, the, yeah, the, the the amount of stuff in the network keeps rising. Yeah, and as, as does the amount of stuff to go wrong. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The more stuff you add, the more that can go wrong. So I think it's yeah, it, there is a definitely more opportunity now than than there was yeah. before to to improve mm. I mean if, if I mean if you it, as a as a consumer if you sit at home with your you know internet connected TV and your your um, you know, your uh, internet services and the, and your uh, maybe your um, multi-room hi-fi system audio system and all of those things are integrated together and you're trying to make them work that's a very small and simple problem compared to the things that the guys in the network corporation centers do. Mm. Yeah, they, they have to keep a very, very um, tight ship afloat. So yeah. it, it, yeah. is, it is a challenging job that they do, and then we try to provide tools and support to help them mm. to do that. But, but one, of the th one, of, one of the things which we've seen a lot of discussion on is things like predictive um, yes. Functions, things that actually uh, will say when the network is going is on the way to being broken and allow you to fix mm. it in advance. How does that work? Mm, good <laughs> <laughs> in general, or specifically, um, I think in general, it, it it should be possible to do. It is possible to do if you have a large enough data set that has uh, to train your model on. Mm. Um, then it should be possible to do that. You, that there are patterns within the data that would indicate degradations in KPIs or, or a certain correlation with a set of maybe alarms together with degradation in KPIs that would allow you to predict uh, that within that twenty-four hours, you know, you may need to, you will have a problem in this area, or maybe specific if you look at hardware and the diagnostic information there's the potential to say okay but within six months this board will need to be replaced mm. you know so yep. th that should be pot and, but and, you need a very large data yeah. set to train on I think and, and and that's things like um so ma so maybe the amount of traffic is slowly slowly rising so you need at some mm. point to, to say well if i don't do something about it now so that it's ready in three weeks time or whatever then in, in six weeks' time, then this is going to be a problem for my consumers. 
because the, the cells can become congested to a level which 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 is uh, giving bad service. Yeah, and that that kind of extrapolation of trends is also possible. Um, yeah. Based, but again, it's about having a training set that's large enough and diverse enough to actually be able to make those predictions accurate. Mm. Um. Um, and then you get things like a, a, a lot of a lot of physical a, a lot of problems that come up in a. Uh, particularly in the radio network, mm. is all about physical issues with things like corrosion in connectors mm. and, and that type yeah. of thing. So that <coughs> something that's working happily, sitting there, but is, you know it's gradually getting worse, and at some point, you know, it's going to cause you a problem. But if you are actually monitoring the parameters that that are related to that unit, you can see that it's gradually getting worse, and say, hey, this is something we need to, to yes. do something about. Mm. And, uh, and of course, the the, the 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 problem for the operator is that that uh, you never, as a consumer, you never get to see the problems they fixed before they became a problem. Yeah, if it's working really well, yeah. especially. Yeah. So they do a lot of work to keep the service running at yes. a level where you don't notice the fact that they've done a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. And I think that that also is something that they ask for help with to identify those things that will have a service impact. Mm. Yes. So yep. to try to prioritize the things that they act on so that they act on things that have a service impact and will be perceived by the end users ahead of things that um, wouldn't necessarily be uh, perceived by the end user but will need to be corrected in time. Mm -hmm. So th to help with that prioritization, that, that's an area where they do ask for support as well so, mm -hmm. so that they do address the end users impacting yep. things first. And, and what I think one of the areas where automation mm. is useful is is these things like uh, correlation between things happening. Uh, sometimes, I mean, I was saying to Jeannie earlier, if you if you cut a fibre cable, mm. if you have a digger digging up the street and it cuts a fibre cable, that fibre cable could be connected to you know, tens of masts or, mm. or uh, hundreds of homes or whatever. Uh, and uh, all of those connections that are going through a fibre cable, it could be tens of thousands of phone calls, uh, all of them will send alarms to the management system to say, hey, something's gone wrong. Mm. Uh, and you sit there and think, oh, I've got tens of thousands of alarms. I wonder what happened. And only one thing went <laughs> wrong. And, and <laughs> only one thing went wrong. Yeah. And somewhere in those tens of thousands, there's one alarm that tells mm. you what went wrong. Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, exactly. uh, and that's uh, you know that that's something that uh, traditionally you've done rules based, mm. uh, but that's an area where things like machine learning can help yeah. you reach the answer quicker as to what went wrong. Mm. Yeah. And where do I need to send someone to fix it? And to filter out the noise as yes. well, mm. so that you just focus on the things that you focus on the actual fixing the problem rather than all of the the noise that surrounds the problem. Yeah, mm. like not all the alarms, but actually go to the root of the... Exactly, yeah. to focus on the root cause rather yeah. than, than all of the symptoms. Yeah. Mm. Uh, when it comes to 5G now, uh, how, how y your area, mm. uh, has it been part of testing and, and, and developing uh, new things in the, or, or doing things when we are now testing 5G in the field? Is this something that your your area has been especially uh, um, involved in? Well, we where I, I work is a lot with is performance management. Mm -hmm. So to to actually show um, the end the operator that they're getting the performance that they expect, uh -huh. and I think that's very important when it comes yeah. to five G. When we we're, we we um, 
we expect and we, we promote that you get much higher data rates and that the latency is lower, we need to be able to show that. And that's where uh, the performance counters that we mm. use in the network come in, where you can have these key performance indicators around throughput and latency and actually show that you get the performance that you expect from the equipment. Mm. So that's one area where mm. we work a lot. And that's actually important when... If you're an operator and you sell a service to, to a big company, for instance, then you yes. might actually have an agreement with them that promises them a certain level of service. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the only way to show that you've delivered the service is to be able to have that type of performance data that says, look, here's, here's the statistics. This is what they look like over time. Absolutely. And then if we, if we look at 5G for industry, where maybe the, the use cases become more critical, then I think being able to... Um, demonstrate and assure a certain service level is very important that, that you can guarantee that you get a certain performance from the equipment. For sure. That's you need to get what you pay for. Exactly. I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one thing we talked about before coming on air mm -hmm. was uh, policy driven management. Yes. What's, what's that all about? Um, it's an it's an effort to simplify life for operators. So today, um, when it comes to network configuration and network optimization, there are there are this huge um, there's a huge number of variables that they can change in order to optimize the performance. And that, while it's very useful to have such low level control, and it gives it a high degree of control to to the operators, it's it's a very time-consuming um, way of working. So what we will try to do when we introduce automation is to have policy-driven automation so we can abstract oh. from the lower-level parameters um, up to a policy where they, they can specify the type of behavior they want without needing to understand the more granular lower-level parameters below. Mm. So we will... They, the operators will work more with policy and setting the the scope of, of the automation function, and then the automation function will take care of the details below. So it will simplify their interaction with the system. Mm. That's the so to take an analogy, that's a, mm -hmm. that's a bit like software languages, that, that, that there's like uh, machine code and things which work on the equipment, mm -hmm. and then you have abstractions into higher levels of... of of language, so you get mm -hmm. into things which you can just write simple or ordinary language instructions that say, you know, write, t you know, twenty-seven on the screen, or whatever. So there's a you, you decouple from the needing to understand all of the all of the parameters and exactly what you need to set and where to how to set them into more defining what you actually want the network to do. Yes, and the performance you wanted to give, yes. and then the automation function will take care of the the execution of that. Mm. I don't know if everyone understood that like, write 27 on the screen. Is that oh. a good good use case? Oh, probably, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> but like, is it so, so you can say, oh, at this time there is a big event happening. How about we go into event mode or something like that? Yeah, from a, from an, yeah, from a network point of view. That, yeah. that would, uh, that's the kind of thing that you would say. It's, it's like it's, uh, you know, this is the set of. This is how I want my network configured. Mm. Or the, when there's a major football event. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, yeah. So simplifying the settings or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and mm. if you take that example, actually, if you think of a stadium mm -hmm. and the different uses. So a stadium, when you have a football game on, 
you want all the coverage to be in the stands. Mm. But if you have a concert where people are on the pitch, then you want the coverage also to include ah. the pitch. So you could switch between match mode, match and, mode concert and concert mode. Concert mode. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Now even I understand. <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of needing to know that I want to tilt this antenna by that many degrees mm. and and now change this parameter. Yeah, and that yeah. Parameter. yeah. Um, love it. Mm? Love it. Actually. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gillian. Oh, yeah. No by the way, where are you from? Uh, Ireland. <laughs> Another Irish. Yes. Another Irish person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're very popular here in the, this podcast, I must say. We had Marie, popular everywhere. We, we, we had <laughs> Marie, Marie on the <laughs> podcast a few weeks ago. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, great to have yeah. you here. Thank you And uh, presenting this now that I understand it, interesting yeah. topic <laughs> <laughs> for me. And, and, the, and also, for, Paul already thought that this was a, a super interesting topic. Oh, it so is. Yes. We're going to come yes. back to it. Yes. We are. Because I think we need we, we need to talk some more, for instance, about orchestration. Yes. Uh, and we probably got some things to say how we manage the Internet of Things. Yeah, probably that. But also we need to dig ourselves deeper into the virtualization functionalities and so NFV and and uh, and sli network slicing, all those kinds of things. We, we definitely need definitely do. to put on the schedule ASAP, Paul. Yep, mm. and uh, network optimization. I think that's a good topic to talk mm -hmm. about. Yeah, another thing. Yes, and definitely. that's all parts of operations and maintenance. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So this is was a quick overview, one could say, of this very complex area of of fixing uh, operations and maintenance for for the networks and especially five G networks. Thank you, Gillian, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thank you.